Hello, welcome to The Least Worst Alternative, our personal take on the political and social news of the week, both domestic and international. By way of introduction, I'm Sean, my collaborator on the pod is Guy. We've both experienced in finance, Guy's been a marketing director for some of the UK's big names, and I've worked in industrial relations for a major trade union and had a stint at the civil service for my sins. These are our views on this pod, but we'd be interested to hear what you think, so feel free to wax lyrical on our message board. In the meantime, please enjoy The Least Worst Alternative. Good afternoon, Guy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. And how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Very good. Uh, it's all a bit um, bright and cheerful here in terms of the weather. I've been out for my daily constitutional. Oh, lovely. Had a flat white and got the little old brain cells moving and I thought I'll have a have a chat so what um what do you think we've got on the agenda today then well uh another busy week uh I thought it might be just useful to have a quick recap of what's been going on over the last week or two mm. um definitely have a chat about the Tory party conference because that was quite eventful oh, yeah. and then maybe some thoughts on you know post-conference events what's going on what can we see through our crystal ball yeah what's to come over the next week or two how about that well yeah yeah the mystic mystic mig <laughs> mystic mig um yeah i think if you can see what's coming up over the next 24 hours you you'd be uh quite a genius at the moment and make a fortune on the markets wouldn't you let alone the next few weeks but yeah we'll have a have a chat about that and i presume as you said we're going to have a look at um what wild parties and the goings-on in birmingham over the last week, I remember it's actually a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because I remember when when we were veering completely off the subject when we were much younger, um, the conferences used to be Blackpool and Brighton, um, where you and I originated from, and it was yeah. a bit of a you know a bit of a income for the town, the Brighton Centre, and bringing down and the Winter Gardens at Blackpool when they used to go up there, but um, now they're all over the place, aren't they? They're, yeah, Manchester. Mm. NEC in Birmingham, Bournemouth, mm. Bournemouth nice place, yeah. used to live there, yeah, yeah, very nice. And I think the Lib Dems are holding theirs in a phone box down in Cornwall, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> You've just ostracised our Lib Dem listeners, Sean, well done, thank you for that. All our, our flood of Lib Dem listeners. Um, yeah, so um, how do you think it went in, in, in Birmingham? Well, um, I think, should we, should we just do a bit of context first and mm. then sort of link into that? I think, because if we think about what's been going on over the last couple of weeks, we had the pound tank and then come back again. Mm. We had the cost of government borrowing gilts go sky high and then come back again. But perhaps the biggest single impact that listeners will be able to relate to is cost of mortgages. Mm. And um, they're calling this the sort of the quasi-quarting effect, aren't they? The quasi-premium yes. that 
as a result of all this turmoil and the fiscal event mini budget mortgage rates are now being published about one percent higher than they would otherwise have been so mm. i was seeing this morning that you know your two to five year fix is about six percent mm. which which on a two hundred thousand pound mortgage is about 170 pound a month so you know if you boil all that that hiatus down a little bit that's that's what it means yeah and then you know we talked to think last week about what the imf said and what various um government ministers past and present said mm. uh, and then just before the conference i think it was just before the conference there was the massive u-turn wasn't there yes yes the the um uh, 45 percent rate that they were going mm. to scrap um mm. they decided at an overnight jolly from what i can tell he and her decided <laughs> this almost in in her accommodation at um, in Birmingham, yeah, really? <laughs> over, over a Tia Maria or a Bailey's, that oh. sort of, yeah, that that that, that was not going to happen, and nobody seems to be suggesting who actually decided that it wasn't going to happen. Um, in fact, there was nobody in the lead up to that. There was suggestions from both of them that it had been the other one's idea to do it in the first place, which um, seems a bit contradictory. But um, so, how do you think that looked then, from a political point of view? You had on her on the Coonsberg show on yeah. Sunday saying absolutely 100% going to stick with 45% yeah uh, and then she flipped how how do you think that looks politically I think it looks weak doesn't it and I think it looks as though I mean I can only imagine that the whips came to her and said you do know that the parliamentary party isn't going to play ball with this that they're, they're not going to um, and of course it didn't it didn't help matters on that same show you had Michael Gove, who's become a bit of a a ringleader for the um, called the, the 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 Sunak Sunakites um, within the party, and those who are more traditional One Nation Tories, who I think think the look of you know giving all this extra money or giving all this allowing those earning over one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year to keep more of their money to the extent that they would have been doing, whilst at the same time, as you quite rightly point out, there's all the mortgage payers are, are, are going to be losing the, a lot of the benefits of, of, of um, the money that they would have got from the energy scheme. It's, it's all, the economics of it is quite interesting as well, isn't it? Because if, you're, if you believe that um, people should have money in their own pocket to spend in their own local communities and to boost the economy and and provide growth which is what what um what they're saying you're doing completely the opposite aren't you by taking measures that are going to put up mortgage rates because that takes money out of the economy unless i'm mistaken so those people who've got mortgages that extra money they're having to spend on their mortgage extra every month won't be going to the coffee shop in town. It won't be going to the butchers or the bakers or the supermarket. So effectively, you're slowing the economy down by doing that, aren't you? Massively so. Um, the yeah, well, you add to that the increase in fuel costs because you know people got a little bit confused with the price guarantee cap, whatever you want to call it. But people's bills are still twice as high as they were this mm. time last year. So you've got that going on. You've got inflation, so your money is not going as far. And then for those people who are either taking out a mortgage or renewing a fix now, for 100, 200, 300, 400 pounds, who knows? 
So, so you know, to get thirty quid back on your national insurance each month is, is <laughs> yes, not exactly not. good. It might trickle down. It ain't going to trickle very far. No, it, it's um, mm. it's foolish economics to a degree, isn't it? I know it does make you wonder whether they had advice on this as to what the possible impact was of doing what they did, because the the I think you were talking earlier, weren't you, about um, uh, and I've forgotten his name, the, the, the guy who's the leader of the, the Scottish National Party in Westminster. Um, Blackford. Blackford, yeah. And and he had a, um, he had a, a what do they call them? The... Um, OBR. OBR, yeah, the OBR. But there was a, a what is it, when you can, when you can write and demand um, something from... Uh, oh, freedom of access. Freedom of yeah, freedom of access, yeah. freedom of information. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. From from the OBR, and he he got a response, didn't he? From what you were saying, he did. Yeah. And what did that and say? Uh, they said? Yeah, we could have delivered that forecast for you uh, in a jiffy. Yeah. Uh, so she, she that didn't get picked up on, did it? I thought no. it was quite. That was almost another <laughs> lying to Parliament thing, wasn't it? Except for it wasn't in Parliament. Yeah. It, yeah. It felt you know a bit disingenuous that one. And they're still towing that line aren't they i heard a few i heard a few um at the birmingham conference who were in the cabinet still saying that um all oh, they they the obr need time to properly complete this report and clearly that's been in the locker for days if not weeks now and and they're just not releasing it and and that makes you question what's in it really doesn't it yes uh well, you know my view. I, I went into one last week. Uh, I, I, I think it's all a stalling tactic mm. while they try and work out what on earth they're going to do to balance the books. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I'm alone in thinking this. You've got so many forces working against balancing the books going on at the moment. You've got inflation driving costs up. The Tories have deliberately reduced our income chances of us going into recession according to the Bank of England, although maybe tempered by recent political interventions, and the cost of government borrowing mm. going through the roof. It's billions and billions of pounds. Um, mm. uh, you know, so how you balance all that off, I've got no idea. And and I think maybe the 45% thing is, is the first U-turn of many. Mm. That's what I was about to ask you, actually, and, and you, oh, right. <laughs> you've sort of answered it to a degree. What what measures do you think they have to take to try and reassure the markets? Because it is looking... Uh, they, they can't stick with what they've got at the moment, can they? They need to do something to um, reassure the markets that the, this, um, this debt, this borrowing is either repayable or they're not going to borrow it as wildly in the first place, really. Well, I'm, I'm worried about that. Uh, I, I don't think they can reassure the markets. I think sometimes you lose credibility and you never get it back. Mm. I think Kwarteng's credibility is toast, genuinely. Uh, I don't think... Uh, it doesn't matter what he does. I don't think he's going to get that back through this naivety uh, and, and trust probably one step behind. But he is the chancellor at the end of the day. It's his job to get mm. these things right. But, you know, if we forget the personalities, what could a government do uh, to regain credibility? It's basically reverse everything they've said they would do, if I'm absolutely honest. Yeah. I think we, it, we, it's not going to happen, but you'd have to go back to 
the Sunak strategy to to get credibility, uh, but there's so much of that has been unwound mm. that that I don't see um, they can regain the credibility. We're beginning to see a little bit of that, aren't we? If uh, anyone follows um, things like guilt yields or anything like that, we can see them start to edge up again. Mm from Monday, was it, the previous week? And I think the, the time limit that the Bank of England put on their daily intervention is coming to an end in the next few days, isn't it? I believe that's uh, Yeah, it is the next days, few days. days. Yeah. And it makes you realise uh, how fragile our financial system is when more has been published on what was going on with the UK pension funds mm. and the fact they've had these risky instruments, LDIs, mm that were impacted I'm not going to even try and explain uh, what what was happening there other than that unless the Bank of England intervened mm. the pension funds would have gone bust so then you said well hang on a minute if they're going to stop intervening won't they go bust then yeah if Isn't guilt that, rates I mean I, I don't to, understand them totally but yeah. my you know in very simple language I, un I understand that it's the pension funds have made a commitment to support things that are going on elsewhere with the funds that they've got and the the, the, the money that they've got invested in gilts um, was having to be used in that regard is that is that fair comment? Sort of um, yeah gilts are, are, are pledged as security for these financial instruments and as the value of the gilts you hold go down which is mm. what happens when yields go up because they they move uh, in an inverted way uh, then you have to pledge more assets or sell more assets and and mm. if you keep doing that you go bust, you go bust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so um but clearly the bank of england can't allow um pension companies to fail so yeah so coming coming back to uh, you know broadening it out and coming back to yep. what the what our, the current name of our podcast is at the moment. Yes. If yes. you were in the position of of Conservative Party or the or or the Chancellor or the Prime Minister, yeah. what what is the least worst alternative at the moment? Yeah, it's going to be probably not a practical uh, way forward because I don't think it'll happen. But I would say the Conservative Party have two choices to get out of this mess. One is to change their leader mm -hmm. and get the 19 to 1922 committee to change the rules because they can do that. Mm. They're their rules. We can't go through another 12 weeks of this. No, you put Sunak in. Yeah, it needs to be a coronation, yep. doesn't it? Yeah, emergency process or something, mm -hmm. put Sunak in. That would immediately calm the markets because he's got a very good brand. Mm. That's assuming he'd want to do it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because he's had a nice few weeks away with his family back yeah. up in Richmond so that would be one thing the other thing would be to go to the country mm. I, I just don't think this government has credibility the plan doesn't have credibility no no there was talk um, so I understand amongst the uh, delegates at the conference of of, um, of a Sunak Penny Mordant joint leadership which I believe the only other political party in this country I believe we've done that are the Greens but uh, uh, so that I guess the thinking was that she'd appeal to the to the right of the party in the country you know they're not the not the country in terms of the electorate but in terms of the conservative blue rinse electorate 
in that she was meant to be by far and away the favourite had she got through to the second round and he yeah. would control the parliamentary party because he's obviously their favourite as well so that I mean that would be quite an interesting um, how you'd work that I don't know because um, you, you two leaders would be uh, for a for a, for a governing party would would be quite astonishing. I, I think it's interesting, but I just don't see it as practical. I don't think the markets would like that at all. I think that that would be the market's least worst, <laughs> least worst outcome. I think, or yeah. most worst outcome. Yeah. I, I I don't. I think it's an interesting intellectual debate. But you know, if you think about mm. joint managers in sport, it never really works. The closest yeah. we got to it was Cameron and Clegg, I suppose. Um, yes, in, yeah. In the coalition, yeah. but then Cameron was the big dog, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I don't think... I, I genuinely think there is no way out for these guys. What do you no. think? No, I, I I, tend to... I'm finding it difficult to see a way out. Um, I don't think the... Um, well, I suppose it's all going to come... It'll all come to a head when they return to Westminster next week, won't it? Because um, she's got to try and push this basically a finance bill through parliament and uh, oh yes and, and she's you know what they, they can effectively turf her out by by blocking that can't they if her own side block uh, their own finance bill it's almost a vote of no confidence in 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 the prime minister isn't it i think i find it i find it difficult to contemplate how having only just elected her you know, a matter of weeks ago, they they formally turf her out. I think they probably got to make the situation such that it's untenable for her to govern, and she decides to go. Or, as you quite well, you say the um, the men in grey suits turn up and say, you know, Liz, your time's up. Mm, we 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 need somebody who's got a bit more confidence uh, with the markets. But, I think you just need a grown up in the room, don't you, mm. uh, rather than a fantasist. Yeah. So. Uh, 14 ex-government ministers have spoken up against Crying. her fiscal event in the last couple of weeks. So if you believe in the tip of the iceberg theory, mm. I think the majority is 77 from memory. Yes. Yeah. So what is it, 36, 37 yeah. naysayers yeah. would flip it? Yeah, and I think they must be close to that. I'm, I'm sure they yeah. must be close to that. Yeah, I, I, of, well, as you said earlier, she she wasn't the parliamentary party's favourite by a long way. No. So um, I can see it happening. Yeah. I can, I can see, I can see um, the budget or whatever it's called, the fiscal event being voted down. Probably an outside chance, but I can see it happening. It does call into question, doesn't it? And I think you mentioned this in, in our previous pod. The um, for both the Conservative Party and the Labour Party, their um, electoral process in respect of electing a new leader. Because you, 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 this is a, a shambles. It really needs to be left up to the parliamentary party to decide who who leads yeah. the party. Uh, uh, putting it out to the country, I think, is a recipe for disaster, as has been proven the case for both of them, because they had, obviously, Corbyn got elected for, yeah. for Labour. And... Um, I heard somebody say this week that, that that she's basically the Tories' Corbyn, um, you know, in, in, incompetence and and doesn't really understand how the system 
how the system works. Although what was quite interesting, I had somebody else from the left of the Labour Party saying this week that um, the borrowing figures that Corbyn was proposing um, were, f- were far less than, than, than she's now proposing, which... Um, I know it was at different times and, and what have you, but it, it, and, and he had the, the balance, obviously the new where it was getting repaid from. Whether you agree with it or not, it would have come from higher taxation. So there was, there was a clear balance of the figures there, whereas now this is just um, fantasy land, as I think you said. Trickle-down economics yeah. and the, the guy who wrote the book that she sort of has quoted... Mm said she must have read another another person's book or something <laughs> with a similar name <laughs> I thought that was quite funny so um, yeah. the conference in general then Guy um, who was there and who wasn't do you, have you were you watching who was who was actually in attendance I was probably watching uh, who wasn't uh, really um, and the various excuses. Um, mm. I, I didn't hear all the excuses, but I mean the obvious candidates who who weren't there was Boris, yeah, and Sunak. Yeah, um, Boris understandably, Sunak understandably, uh, but there were a few others like um, the guy who runs the Treasury Select Committee on Mel Stride. Yeah, yeah. 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 He he said he he'd. Uh, He'd given notice a long time ago that he couldn't be there. Apparently, <laughs> he was doing the circuits of chat shows. I noticed there were the um, to, to oh, people. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there we are. Then. <laughs> so perhaps that was a decision made in a hurry since the fiscal event. I didn't see Theresa May. Did you see Theresa no, May? No, I didn't see Theresa May. No, I expected her to come dancing onto the stage to yes, you know, dancing queen, wasn't it? There was a, yeah. a big hoo ha over that, wasn't there? Did you um, did you hear about that? M people moving on up. <laughs> Uh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> Using uh, what was it called? Moving, uh, move, on, moving up. on up. Yeah, moving on up. Yeah, you know the one. I'm dancing. Yeah, they didn't. Here, apparently, they didn't like it, did they? The the no. creators. No, no. Um, one of the guys who wrote it, his son was um, particularly upset because he's a Labour councillor, and he was um, yeah. The, and uh, the other thing that I rather made me laugh was that that, that same guy pointed out that the song is about um, somebody being kicked out, you know, packing their bags effectively, moving on up and moving on out is leaving the house of a of a lover who you've been jilted by. So um, not huh. really the sort of song that obviously they hadn't. That whoever decided to bring her onto that hadn't looked into the background, but. Um, yeah, that was there was a few errors in the speech, wasn't there? We'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. But but I think the broader point is a lot of the the big big figures of the Tory party yeah. weren't there. Uh, but obviously all the all the cabinet were in the front row. The thing that I tickled me is I've 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 sat in those seats. Have you? At uh, yeah, at the okay. sort of convention centre in Birmingham. And it it when I was there, uh, it felt like you were I was watching a, a business thing. But it felt like you were in the cinema. You've got these <laughs> these seats with the sort of cup holder and one for your popcorn. Uh, and it's weird, isn't it? Because normally in conferences, there's a few bigwigs on the stage, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. Uh, like the the prime minister and yeah. wife and a few others. Uh, 
like the and, and then there's the audience but the, their setup was that everyone was in the the cinema chairs and one person on stage and the other thing just for fun i think um quasi quarting officially gets the award for the slowest walk oh. on and off the stage uh, at one stage i thought you know when the days when you used to get the the red and the green and the amber light if you'd gone on i thought he was going to get the red light before he even made it to the podium it's, it's would, you, the, would you think that was um because hers wasn't terribly long either do you think that was a, an attempt to kill time so that he wouldn't have to spend so much time at the podium making the speech itself because um i don't i think we um well, hers went down fairly well, didn't it? But I don't think... I can't even remember what was in his, if I'm honest. Can you remember what, what the content of his speech was? I've got to be honest, no. Uh, I think his his objective was to have nothing in it hmm. because cause the last thing he wanted to do was <laughs> spook the, the markets again. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, it's a really good point. I th- why did he walk on so slowly? I think it was to try and calm his nerves. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. And there's also that thing about, uh, you know, it's like when you see a policeman running, it it suggests panic. So I think there's walking slowly was supposed to suggest I'm in control. I'm in charge. I've got yeah. authority, but it just looked weird because yeah, <laughs> he's such a tall it, bloke. Yeah, <laughs> it just looked really weird. But sorry, we weren't talking about that. No. But um, yeah. So so it, it was probably a, a notable conference for the number of notable people who weren't there, they weren't there. Yeah. yeah i don't you don't see i mean the same i guess with the previous conference with boris but um the the elder statesman of the tory party don't i mean where i, I wouldn't i suppose i wouldn't expect him to be there but it's a shame isn't it you, you don't get your hesseltines there anymore or um or the rifkins or um you know the mm. the, the, the thatcher people don't don't attend anymore um Wow. you know and there's not um yeah i get i get well they're not clearly they're no longer parliamentarians or some of them are no longer parliamentarians some of them are upstairs in 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 the ermine um yep but but they just don't seem to go along which um which is interesting because that's one of the things i think that, that labor have in their favor is that they did have a two or three um two or three big big beasts there from from days gone past um i think we were talking yvonne cooper was was at the labor party conference and uh, of course ed was ed was there who seems to be um back in favor so i i guess the um the highlight of the conference was was prime minister truss's first conference speech yeah um, what was in that uh well, there was plenty of what in the 30 minutes, which was quite a short one, uh, but not not any how. Hmm. Uh, and there was some sort of catchy things, wasn't there? There was growth, 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 which has been used before, but fair hmm. enough. Uh, and this phrase, which I think is going to come back around and around and around, the anti-growth coalition. Hmm. Uh, this idea that uh, there's a group of people in tree who don't want to see growth it's nonsense of course everybody who doesn't agree with, with what they're doing basically yeah yeah and then you start to say well who might they be well it'll be the the remainers so that's 48 percent of the country 
It'll be uh, all the unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably going to be the sort of climate change mob. Yeah, um, including Insulate Britain and uh, Labour voters. Mm-hmm. So you're probably at about eighty-seven percent of the country. Yeah, um, who are against her? It's very divisive, isn't it? it it's I, yeah. I heard somebody else mentioning that it's um, it's you, you're either with us or against us, basically. That you're you, you, we're the people who are who are driving growth and in favour of growth, and the the inference is that nobody else, nobody else who has different ideas as to how to achieve growth, is really working for growth. They're they're working against that that prospect, which. Um, which is just going to divide the country further, isn't it, really? I, I think it was these these phrases she was using uh, were worked perfectly for the two or three hundred people in the audience, mm. uh, and that's who it was aimed at. Plus, one hundred sixty thousand Conservative Party members. Yeah, but it didn't really reach out to the country. No, as was shown. Was it the day after with the um, the YouGov poll? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's she's not um, she's not making herself popular in the country. Is she and and it can't have gone down. I mean, it worked in the hall to give her popularity. But the um, the green peace Greenpeace protesters will be representing a large constituency of young people within the country who are concerned about the ecology and and the way they were dismissed and the way they're moving with regard to fracking. Uh, and I think you mentioned in one of our previous pods that's under the jurisdiction of Mr. Reese Mogg again, and I think he was saying that um, that 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 would proceed where local communities were in favour of fracking, and then <laughs> no, nobody's deduced. Don't get me yet started they, on that again. Yeah, <laughs> how they're going to assess that? But I, I was I was interested. I was just was watching it with with my wife. Um, and she made a point, and I and I mm. tend to agree with her. There was mm. a, a a big fuss made a, a few weeks ago about um, how how it was perceived that um, Prince Charles, King Charles, was um, was quite prickly when one of his pens wouldn't work when he was signing uh, one of the proclamations. I don't know if mm. you remember that one. Uh, I do because yeah, it inked all over him. He, remember yeah, it? Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't happy, and I think. At a certain extent, I have a bit of sympathy for him in that regard. But my wife pointed out that that, that was really a bit of that was really her Prince Charles moment or her King Charles moment. Done it again, because I, I, I all I can recall from that moment is her saying, "Get them removed." Yeah, she did say that. I yeah. noticed that. Which, um, which I don't, <laughs> I don't think that that's got a bit of the sinister about it. If I'm perfectly honest, get them removed. Um, and, and that seems to be, in the round, that seems to be the attitude towards anybody who doesn't agree with everything that they say, get them removed. Yeah. You know, the the, um, the uh, coalition, the anti-growth coalition, get them removed. It all, it all has that, that um, single-mindedness about it. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. It didn't get a lot of pick-up, did it? But I, I noticed that when, when she said it. Uh, but if you look at it from a speechcraft point of view, it actually helped her mm. because 
a pretty lukewarm audience suddenly came on her side, didn't they? They're united, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. they are standing yeah. ovation. Yeah. And it's a bit like, you know, it's like when you're playing football and one of your players is hacked down, you you, you rally and you you, you, yeah. you sort of go to them, don't you? So I think um, yeah, it, it, it helped her. In the room, certainly. In the room, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I thought the the flag that the protesters were waving was spot on. Mm. <laughs> Who voted for yeah. this? <laughs> well, no one. 0.6% of the population. Yeah, yeah, I think you're quite right. And they, 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 keep, they keep going on, or some of her supporters, about she's got a mandate, and yet she's, she's got a mandate really from nobody in, because she's totally turn policy on its head from the Boris Johnson manifesto um, so I, I, I just find it find it difficult um, so in terms of the the um, overall reception for the the speech then there was there are elements of it and I think I agree with what you were saying earlier is that um, it was it was good in in the room but there are elements of it where she paused for applause and and it just didn't appear. It was quite stilted. It does show you, still to a certain extent, how speeches are staged, managed in terms of where the applause should be. And you could almost see her reading on on the teleprompt applause. And obviously, somebody failed in their job there because I would have thought there was somebody there who was meant to start that, but it didn't happen. That was um, quite embarrassing. And she got two standing ovations, didn't she? One a false ending and then five minutes later which um which was quite embarrassing as well i think because they didn't know when the speech had ended and when it hadn't you should oh i hadn't noticed that but but yeah i can yeah that there are some people who are really good at public speaking and there's some who are not Mm. and Liz trust comes into the latter category Uh, to be fair to her i think with, with in terms of her capability she probably did the best that she could have done in delivering what she delivered and if you if you watch uh, her idol if you watch margaret thatcher's early speeches mm. and how she looked and how she sounded and how she gestured that changed uh, as she did her was it 10 or 11 years mm. but i think there lies the difference yeah. <laughs> how long they're gonna get wow. <laughs> but that's another story uh, I, I, a couple of things she tried didn't she to bring a little bit of color to her personality and i think that was a little bit cringeworthy Mm. the the air hostess badge and the pilot's badge mm. uh, so, I was thinking well when I was your age I'd, I never got on a plane so <laughs> you're lucky to be going on holiday no <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, you have to be wondering why you know you think the press would have picked up on the fact where it's, in hindsight it's just as well she wasn't given the pilot's badge because you wouldn't really want her flying <laughs> the plane would you you'd rather have a you'd rather have her at the back delivering the 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 pinot grigio than at the controls because um you know that, that that analogy fell a bit flat and we also got as we normally get now and to be fair all the parties seem to do this um the the talk of her upbringing in paisley and uh, how she moved to leeds and the the secondary modern school, which uh, the comprehensive school that she was talking about, which little more than a few weeks ago during the hustings, she was slagging off she as did, not having she? educated her enough. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I think it's a bit harsh, isn't it, when you've reached the heady heights of being the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom to suggest that your education wasn't good enough. It's quite bizarre, quite strange. Yeah, but plus there was the other um, speechwriter, Boo Boo, in claiming she was the first Prime Minister to have gone to a comprehensive. Mm. She'd obviously forgotten the previous female Prime Minister, yeah. Theresa May, who went to a comprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> so perhaps that's why she wasn't there. Perhaps she knew she was going to say that. Yes. Uh, so there were a few things that weren't really like the music because Gordon Brown used the same music. Um, so th- there were a few things that were just shoddy in terms of research. Um, but I, I, I think it was okay, but I just think it's been probably the worst um, Tory party conference uh, in terms of events mm. and people going off message and speech delivery and and what I was talking about earlier, the sort of the feeling of being in a cinema, it just it just didn't really catch fire at all, did it? No. It just didn't move no. in the round. It wasn't, as you, I think you pointed out, that part of it was, I think, um, choice of venue as well. I don't think that was that was very good. Um, it didn't seem to have the the um, uh, ambiance or grandeur of of previous venues that they've used for party conferences it, it, it did look like a going down your local Odeon as you quite rightly said um, and and I, I, they used to cover again going back they used to cover these party conferences religiously the uh, BBC 2 didn't they? they used to have coverage all day so they did them. yeah um, and now they, they just nip in and out but there were no um, thinking back again to Back in Thatcher's day, um, always Michael Hesseltine used to uh, used to always be the 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 darling of the conference, and the speeches were always quite entertaining. I didn't see any entertaining speeches at at, at this conference, or particularly, I have to say, at the Labour conference, they were quite dull affairs this year in that regard. Well, they're too they're too media managed, aren't they? Mm. It's it's our fault as consumers of all this stuff. Yeah, you know, we 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 I guess we're hypercritical, so they it all comes out as sterile. But you're absolutely right. You used to have Hessel time would be the star act, wouldn't he? And then you had yeah. Prescott for Labour. Yeah, they they loved him, didn't they? They loved him absolutely. I remember they yeah. had one of the Hessel time speeches about them when Labour take power, they're like a centipede and left, <laughs> left, left. <laughs> oh left, yes, left. yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I remember that. And, Brilliant and yeah, line, and it was yeah, it was uh, they were quite quite entertaining events, but not anymore. So next uh, next week they all return to Parliament, don't they? From what I understand, yeah, they do. And we'll presumably she'll be um, up against Sakir at Question Time next um, next Wednesday, and um, we'll have quite a lot to talk about then in terms of um, how how things are going to go. So. Uh, well, I hope so, and then we'll we'll maybe get a little bit more detail as to when the fiscal event vote is, mm. unless you've heard that already. I'm no, not sure when no, that, I haven't. No. No, no, I guess that's got to be after the OBR have published this long-awaited report, which was not available, and then it was going to be, but now yeah. it isn't. 23rd of uh, November, that's meant to be published. Oh, it's gone back to that date, yeah. It's gone back mm. to the 23rd, yeah. So, um, so presumably they can't vote on a, uh, a budget uh, or a fiscal event until... We've all seen the books. Presumably. Um, although, 
who knows with this this government they might try and force it through beforehand although they're, they're or mm. or like like the pub two sets of books <laughs> you might have a run a pub, Sean. <laughs> one for HMRC, yeah, one, one, yes, and one for you. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I yes, that does worry me. But, um, yes, so we, we've got a, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. So I think um, that's probably an opportune moment to um, to wish you good day, sir. Good day to you, Sean. Bye and now. Good day to all our listeners. Indeed. <laughs>